everybody. This is Gourmet. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. I'm glad you're joining us for this week's episode. I, I've got a, a really interesting guy for you to meet. I actually connected to him through someone you all know well if you've been listening to the show, John Arpino. And his name is Stephen Arnone. Stephen uh, has a really interesting journey. He's not only lost some weight, but he's he's doing some amazing things, you know, not just with his body, but with his life. So I'm looking forward to talking about all those things with him tonight. So, Steve, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm, it's a pleasure to be on here. I'm really excited. Awesome. So we're going to dive right into it. Let's let's get talking about your story and tell tell the audience what qualifies you to be on the fat guy forum. Oof. Well, I was a fat guy pretty much from age, I'd say six to about 19. So my whole life, I was always the overweight kid. Every doctor appointment that I could remember, it was always basically ending with, all right, like you got to control what your kid's eating because he's going to become diabetic and it's just going to get worse and worse. But uh, it kind of really didn't get a handle on it for a while, especially with uh, playing sports. Like I played football and uh, doing that, playing offensive line, it was almost glorified to be like overweight and heavy, you know? Oh, yeah. So we definitely kind of ran with that because I was pretty good at uh, at football. So all through high school, we just continued to get bigger and bigger with the goal of going to college to play, which I did end up uh, being able to do. But once I got there, I kind of lost that love for the sport. And then it was at that point that I hit my highest weight of 314 pounds and that was my last day playing college football. And that was kind of like that, oh, oh, shit moment, pretty much. Excuse my French. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I know that it seems like, because I've talked to a, a fair number of guys so far on this podcast that grew up playing football, you know, had that drive to get big from their teams and from their coaches and just from, you know, from the sport in general, especially, you know, when you're on the line. And then find themselves in a position where they're not playing anymore, but have all those habits that are built up. And do you think it was like, were your, did your food issues start? You know, it sounds like your food issues started before uh, you were playing football. Like, was it just you were a big eater as a kid or how, how do you really oh, describe yeah, your relationship with food? Definitely. Well, in my house, it was always huge portions of food. You could eat as many plates as you want. You come back for seconds, thirds, that's fine come back down for leftovers or another snack or dessert like that was fine we were always like told as kids like you got to try everything so i definitely was not afraid of food as a child so i definitely think that had a lot to do with it but it was also just like bad habits like you know we had lots of snacks in the house when i was growing up so doing that and being the youngest of four with the next oldest being 10 years older than me I kind of like got away with really whatever I wanted. So if I wanted to eat a box of Pop-Tarts at six years old, kind of just did it. That's wild, man. And were you the only big kid in your, like the only big person in your family or were, is, is weight issues something that a lot of people in your family struggle with? Um, no, nah, they don't, nobody really struggles with it. I think I really, uh, I took the brunt of it on from everybody. Well, there you go. You were you were the you were the shining star when it when it when it came to getting big in your family. I guess. Oh, it you know? definitely was. 
And you, you, so you hit this point, you hit 314 pounds at 19. And I know when, you know, we were interacting a little bit before this, you know, you talked about, you know, at that point, like your confidence was low. You didn't really have a lot of direction. Like what was, what do you identify as the turning point for you, man? Like what, what changed when, when you saw that? So when I first came out and stopped playing football, that whole first year, I, I was still working out just because with football, I was, I was lifting weights anyway. So that wasn't anything new to me. But it was after I had lost my aunt and my grandmother on my mom's side that I was kind of just like, even in a, a darker place, like aside from just like the weight being an issue. And that was kind of, like I said in some of my posts in the captions, that I was sitting at the end of my bed, 314 pounds, with tears in my eyes, like begging for help pretty much. And that was kind of that moment where I thought like deep about it, like there's nobody else who's going to do this for me. I could sit here and whine and cry and say that I want to lose weight and all this stuff, but if I don't just go out there and start doing it for myself, it's never going to happen. And that was pretty much it. That was kind of like I needed to do it. So I just did it. Well, there you go. And and up to that point, had you really dieted before in your life or made any attempts to lose weight or was, had it always just kind of been who you were? Oh, no, I definitely tried dieting before. I remember I think I was in it was like fourth grade, maybe. And I was like doing my mom and sister were doing the South Beach diet and I was doing it, too. I was bringing like wraps and lettuce wraps to school, eating that in the cafeteria. Like all the lunch aides are asking me like what I was doing because everybody else is eating a chicken patty and there's the fat eight year old eating a lettuce wrap with low sodium chicken in it. And obviously none of none of those efforts ever really stuck with you. So what, no, definitely what how did how did you get started? Like what what direction did you take to try to, you know, start to address these your weight issues? Um well the first thing I really did was I have I have my trainer who's like a brother to me. He, him and my late brother were best friends since they were children. So him and I worked together since I was about 15 with the goal of putting on size and strength, which we did. So my first move was obviously to contact him. Like, all right, I need to make a change. Like, let's get to it. Let's get back to training, go over my diet, do whatever I got to do to get this weight off. Because otherwise, I was just going to be like another statistic. Uh, I was going to continue to gain weight and get bigger and bigger until eventually that came to an end. Mm. And and what? So let's because I, I think one of the questions that I get a lot for people like is, you know, what kind of eating did the you know, what kind of eating plan did people follow when they started getting into weight loss? Like, was it? something that your trainer set up for you or did you just start getting like identifying what the bad choices you were making were and pulling that back in line like how did you approach food then yeah we definitely took more of a, a slow and easy approach to it we definitely didn't just jump right into straight chicken and vegetables it was more of identifying what the problem foods were what the problem habits were and things like that that i could just more or less change without affecting the diet too much because that's what a lot of people have issues with they go from eating whatever they want all the time to such a, a strict regimented plan that it's like they last a week and then they fall right off mm. 
And, and what were the biggest challenges to you food-wise when you got started? I think more just like the fast food and like the breakfast foods. Because I, I was actually having this conversation with my mom and sister the other day. Growing up, every morning, it was pancakes, waffles, or French toast with cheese, scrambled eggs, and then a side of like sausage or bacon. Mm. So it was definitely those types of things. So you, you, you clearly started to pull all of that back and, and kind of get it more in line with what your new goals were. How long did it take you to lose the weight that you did? Because I know you lost, you lost over 100 pounds, is that like, a, mm -hmm. like 115 pounds. Is that what your, yeah, your, just about. your, your weight loss was? Yep, just about 115. How long did that take? Um, I kind of did it over a course of three years. Like I said, that, that first year, I really like, didn't get too much into it. After that, I took about 80 pounds off in that year. But a lot of it I didn't do correctly because how I was uh, treating my workouts in the gym. So I wasn't going to try to put on muscle. I was just trying to do as much cardio as I could to just burn, mm. burn, burn. And that actually in turn ended up making me burn some muscle off as well. So I oh, had to yeah. take that, that third following year to kind of revamp everything take a new approach with my training. And that's how I eventually got down to what I did when I competed for the first time. Which, you know, speaking of competed, if people have seen the cover graphic for this episode, you not only have lost weight, like you've actually, you know, entered into this journey, you know, as a bodybuilder now. Yep. That was uh, one of my goals from day one. Yeah. So where did that passion come from? Like I'm, I'm, I'm always, cause I think that's something I hear a lot from, especially from, you know, I talked to some guys that are, you know, a lot bigger even than you were when they started. And they always talk about this idea of wanting to get on stage someday. Like, where did that where did that come from for you? Um, as corny as it sounds, and it's a very common answer from Arnold, just growing up watching the Terminator movies and all that, and then really learning how he made his start and created such a prosperous life for himself. It was all done through bodybuilding. If he wasn't a bodybuilder, nobody would know who he is now. Oh, for sure. Like he, you know, his his introduction to, you know, American American culture definitely came through, you know, the physique world. Like no exactly. one no one would have any you know, no one would have any idea who he I mean, even the first you look at like his first movie roles, like it's not even his voice on some in some of them. Like it's you know, he they were they were definitely looking for his body and that kind of brought exactly. a lot of new opportunities for him. That's it's definitely a wild a wild ride. I'm assuming when you were younger you saw pumping iron. I actually didn't see that until I was probably about twenty years old. Oh wow. Yeah, so that was the thing. It was like I just knew of Arnold from all of his movies and that's how I started just learning about bodybuilding. And and how did you get direction in that in bodybuilding? Like what? Because I think there probably are some people listening who might have similar goals or have a similar interest. Like, where did that you know? How did that develop for you into something that you realized? Wait a minute, I might actually be able to do this. Oh, that's all from my trainer Anthony Tuminello. So when we met, he knew that was one of my goals. Uh, we talked about it, and we kind of just narrowed it down to. We need to see what we look like once the weight's really off and then just kind of assess the situation as we go.
And once we got to that final point and I knew I wanted to do it and he kind of just looked at me like, yeah, we could do this. I mean, that's going to be, that had to have been kind of an exciting feeling to know that, okay, not only is this something you wanted to do, but like you might actually be able to make this happen. Oh yeah. And like, especially once we actually got going and leading up to the show and the day of and everything about it, it was just, it really was a dream come true. And and tell us about that first show. Like, when did that happen? Like, how far into this this journey you've been on? Like, how how old were you at that first? You know, at that first one. So I was twenty years old. Yes, yeah, twenty. That was back in two thousand seventeen. So that was that was about three three years into the journey. So that's a you know that's a, a pretty significant change to make. Like. How how would you describe just the change in your lifestyle from, you know, 314 pounds out of football, no real direction to now clear laser focus on these goals? Like what, what are the big changes that happened for you? It's just it's hard to even put into words. It's like I'm I'm still me, but I'm living a life that I've always wanted now. I don't I don't feel uncomfortable in my own skin every day doing whatever it is that I may be doing. Like, I'm, I'm excited to have my picture taken now. Like, I used to dread that. Like, I'll, I'll mm. do, I'll pretty much, I'll tack anything now. Things that were so simple, like doing this or speaking in public or whatever it may be, I would have never dreamed of doing at 314 pounds. So it seems like there's been like a real transformation to like your confidence level and, and like just even the way you know, because I think bodybuilding in a lot of ways is about presentation, like you're you're building your body, but then you're also figuring out, like, how do you present, you know, how do you present it? Like, how do you get it into, like, the great shape it needs to be in? But then also, how do you make sure that, you know, other people are going to see it? So what how, what are the other areas of your life that have been affected then by going through this transformation? Realistically, everything. Uh just obviously, like I said, I'm more comfortable in my own skin. So that is going to make me walk around just as a, a much more pleasant person. So all my relationships with family are better. Um, I have a gorgeous girlfriend who I absolutely would never have been able to even approach a few years ago. So it's like that is that's probably one of the best things that's happened from the journey. But uh, yeah, and just the confidence that you get is it's undescribable. And that's kind of why I want to help as many people as I can, because everybody should be able to be happy in their own skin and just love life. It, it's too short not to be happy. And helping other people is, is another kind of big facet to your journey. Like you're now actually a certified trainer. Yes, I am. And how did that come about? Like, where, do, where, does, where does that piece of the puzzle fit into everything? Well, ironically enough, when I was still uh, at my heaviest weight, I was going to school to be a personal trainer. I wanted to be more in, like, the strength aspect of it, maybe working for, like, a football team or something like that. But I, even at that age, at, like, 18, 19 years old, I still wanted to be a trainer. And... That's that's awesome. Like, I, I think that desire to help people, you know, regardless of one, it's it's great to have to know that you had that goal young and then be able to still f still find a way to put it into practice. So, like, 
how would you describe what you're doing now in that area though like you're you're not clearly not working with a you know a football team so what what are you doing as a trainer like what is your do you have like a target clientele like where where what sphere are you existing in now i will work with absolutely anybody it it doesn't matter if you want to lose weight gain weight just get healthy and take control of your life like whatever it may be I got people from all walks of life that I work with. So it's really just anybody that wants to change and wants to better themselves, most importantly. And, and what is it like for you when you see someone who who is your before? Like when you see someone who's in that place you were in before, like how does that affect entering into that relationship with them? Like when we're first getting started, I usually try to read people as best as I can who I can, I kind of get that vibe from. So as soon as I get that feeling of they really want it and they're motivated, that just, that's what like, that's really what motivates and inspires me. Cause I know like, all right, like they're ready to get to it and get after it. And that's the attitude that you need to change your life like that. And the thing I have to think about it, like as from the trainer side, like I work with a coach, like I know, when you're working when you're working with someone who's got some like clear goals or some great motivation i'm sure that's like something that energizes you how do you what 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 happens for you as a trainer when you're dealing with someone you know who talks a good game but clearly isn't into making that that work actually happen you know like someone like i'm just always i i'm curious to pick your brain about like the excuses that you hear and like how you handle people that are telling you you know, they're going to do their best, but then clearly they're not doing that. Um, honestly, I just call them out on it right away. Just plain and simple. Like, all right, what's your excuse? That's an excuse. Like, just like that. And then I, I do. I try to relate to them and give them a reason to understand that. Like, all right, yeah, like I had to go into work early, but maybe I could have woken up 20 minutes earlier to prep my food instead of having to order out when I got there and screw up my plan for the day. But I'll tell you, I, I have heard some crazy excuses that I'm not going to get into for uh, client personal reasons. But yeah, you, you get a lot of it, but you really do. I, I get more people who are just motivated and driven to put the work in. That's fantastic. And, and how would you like, I'm I'm trying to think about like the best because I, I I can think of a lot of questions I have about this and I don't want to ask them out of order if that makes sense. Like what I I guess what I would like to know, like from your perspective, like as someone who's gone through a journey like this and now someone who works with people that are going through these journeys, like what would you say to someone who's sitting out there thinking, you know, oh, I might like to find a trainer like. What is your advice to someone who wants to kind of find someone to work with? Like, what are the what are the questions they should be asking? What are the things they should be thinking about? Well, first off, like you just said, ask questions. Make sure that the person that you're working with knows what they're doing. There's tons of what we call the Fugazi trainers out there who just talk a big game and don't really have much to back it up. But most importantly, you need to find somebody that you could really vibe with and get along with. Personal training is the title personal trainer you're one-on-one -on -one with these people for half an hour sometimes an hour so if you're not getting along with your trainer you're not going to have a good workout you're not going to enjoy it you're not going to put your full effort into it i think that makes a lot of sense and 
What are the things? What I, I think this could be interesting, really interesting for people, though, kind of flip that around. Like, what are the questions you're asking someone when they're talking to you for the first time? Like, what are the things that as a trainer you want to hear from someone or you want to know about from them? I like to try to just get their why. Like, why, why are you coming to me right now? Do you want to lose weight? Did you have a health scare? Did your doctor tell you that you needed to start exercising more? Like, why are you coming to me right now? What are we going to do? That's pretty much how we just base all of it off of. And do you have a, like a specific system you work with? Or is it more like you, ha you develop a, a plan for each client based on their specific goals? And you yeah, know everybody, everybody is individual. So everybody gets their own plan. And just for for you, like, are you working? I'm I'm just really kind of curious in terms of like, do you work with that? Like, are you more just the physical side of things for people? Are you more, would you say you're also like a mindset coach? Do you work on nutrition with people at all? Or is it like, where are there specific areas you like to focus on? Um, I have some clients that I'll do their training, their diet, everything. I have some that just come to me to train. They don't really care about the diet. So they do their own thing. But I definitely try to change everybody's mindset. I try to give everybody a positive outlook on it. And John's a perfect example of that. For everybody who knows, John Arpino is one of my pride and joys as a client. When he came into the gym, he hated it. He did not ever want to be there. And part of his transformation, a very big part, is the mental aspect of it. As we can all tell now, John has a serious love for the gym. We completely changed his mindset. And how do you, how, like, I, I'm curious, like, how that actually, how do you help someone work on that? How do you help someone find that fire? Consistency. Some people get it right away, and that first day they just find that motivation. And some people need you to really just get on them about it and stay on them about it so they don't slip up. Because I think that's something that I, I know that I've, I've struggled with in the past. Like, I, I feel like I, I definitely enjoy the gym now, but you're right. Like, it, it can be something where you start, you're kind of going because you know you're supposed to, or you know it's something you need to do, but you don't necessarily want to do it. And it can be exactly. grow into something that you want to do. Um, how, how does working as a trainer now impact what you're doing, you know, with your personal goals? How, does, how, do, those, how do those worlds interact? Oh, I think it definitely helps me. One, because I get to be in the gym pretty much all day long, whether I'm working out on my own or training clients or doing whatever. And it, uh, it just keeps me a lot more focused. You know, I work with an IFBB pro men's physique competitor, Anthony Scalza. I work with other bodybuilders and amazing trainers and just amazing people. So when you're surrounded by greatness, you, you want to put your best effort forward. I think that makes a lot of sense. And you did a, you did another show recently, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. We just did uh, the NPC Eastern. And I know one of the things that you've talked about before is, you know, you do have turning pro as a goal of yours that you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. And some people think that's a crazy, crazy goal for me. But some people also thought that it was a crazy goal for me to lose 115 pounds and compete as an amateur. Mm. And so what really kind of like, what do you think you need? Like what, 
what do you think your greatest challenges are now to get to that point? Like, what are the things that you still need to kind of to hammer in on yourself or, you know, oh, I need of, to just what are your goals? I just have to keep working and getting better. I have to grow more and then just really just come in more conditioned and keep up with the consistency. Bodybuilding is not an overnight thing. It takes time. It takes years. So especially muscle maturity. I'm only 24 years old right now. So I'm in prime to grow and build that real mature muscle now. So that's kind of what we have to focus on for the now. And it, it, it seems like you're right. Like there's such as much as, you know, bodybuilding is about, you know, consistent workouts and nutrition and, and all of those pieces. Like there's almost like a real science to the timing of it all. Like you're when you're going to a show, like you have to try to dial, make sure like you're hitting your target, you know, at specific targets in those exact moments. Like, oh, what, yeah. What is it? What was it like to learn about, like, how to get that process in place for yourself? It is absolutely mind blowing. When you work with real good coaches who know what they're doing and know how to apply the sciences behind everything, it's absolutely insane to watch how your body physically changes by the hour. And what, what are some of the things that like, I'm just thinking there probably are some people like we've got people listening to this show that still have hundreds of pounds to lose and bodybuilding is something that's not even on their radar. So I think it would be really kind of cool if like, is there anything like within that sphere that like people might not know about, like that would be, you know, you think it stands out or is interesting to you that when you learned it, you were like, wow, I never even really thought about that. I mean, Everybody thinks bodybuilding is a very individual, selfish sport. And I think that's kind of what scares some people away from it. But it, it really isn't. It's like everybody who competes, it's like a one big family. Even this past few weeks ago when I was on stage, uh, my friend Joe Brennan, who he was competing with me, he placed second. While I was out there posing, he's on stage cheering me on. We were each other's competition at that point. And then when he was posing, I was right there doing the same thing on stage, cheering him on. So it's not that self-centered, egotistical sport that everybody thinks it is. Yes, you definitely have to be a little selfish to do this and have a bit of an ego, but it's not as bad as everyone thinks. That's wild. And I, and I think that is, like, I think often, you know, movies and television portray one thing but you know once you're when you're actually there in that moment i'm sure it's like a completely different world oh absolutely you don't you really don't understand what it is until you try it out and, and what's it like when you when you prepare for a show now versus that first time you did it like what are some of the lessons you've learned that you think you know can apply to almost anyone's journey uh consistency is key that that's what it is you just got to stick to it and trust the process. I did the first show not knowing what was going to happen. I saw what I looked like, got a, a baseline idea for myself. And then we came back the next year, made it even better. Got that idea again, came back this past month, did it again, came back even better. It's all about the consistency. And, and what what's next for you in that sphere? Like, is there another, do you have another show you, that you're, You've already kind of got on your schedule or you where where are you at with figuring out what comes next? Yeah, so we're in the off season plan right now, trying to put on muscle and keep the body fat as low as we can and definitely uh 
got some ideas for some shows around summertime. So nice. it'll, uh, it'll be an interesting few months. And something you said, I, I think is interesting. Like, you know, obviously you're, you're looking to add some strength, add some muscle, but you obviously don't, cause we've all seen, you know, especially if you're into bodybuilding, like you've seen the, the pictures of the bodybuilders that do these massive swings, you know, bulking, yeah. you know, per, bulking season, you know, is, is more than a meme for some people. Uh, what do you do specifically to try to keep yourself, you know, out of going to that place, like to seeing your weight go back up to where you were before, yet still know that you have to stay in this mindset of, you know, you're probably taking in more calories because you, you need them for, for a building phase to happen. That's where it all comes down to having a good coach that you can trust. Even in the off season, you still need that guidance, uh, especially right after the show. It, what happens is it's called the rebound effect, pretty much. So your, your body's prime to just suck in all the nutrients and everything and just hold on to it and make use of it like that. But if you go from eating as low calorie as we are leading up to a show with all the massive cardio that we're doing, and then you just stop and start eating crap, you can put on like 30 pounds in a few days, which I'm not even going to lie. I did my first two, the first two years I competed. That's exactly what happened. And then at that point, it's like everything that you just didn't work for is gone. So you lose that motivation and then it kind of just keeps going. And then eventually you do get control over it. But that's something that this year, right out of the gate, I knew like, all right, this isn't happening. Figured out the whole off-season plan, took charge, and just got control over it right away after the show. And it's wild, man, because like you're you're talking about a very specific, you know, uh, you know, environment and goals, bodybuilding, and and there's pieces of that that resonate really deeply to me to the journey that, that I've been on, you know, most of my life. Like I'm clearly, I'm clearly not a bodybuilder. You know, I'm, I'm clearly not stepping onto a strength stage or anything along those lines. Everybody, but, everybody, every one of us is a bodybuilder. If we're working. Oh, in the I gym. mean, I mean, for sure, for sure. But I think about like when I like my, I don't, cause like you and I have just connected recently. So mm. like, you know, something you, there's some pieces of my journey you may not know about. Like, I, I, when I went for my heaviest, which was 540 pounds, I got down to 210 pounds in 2013 and the summer of 2013, I gained 270 pounds, um, in less than six months. Holy so, shit. I didn't know. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was 210 pounds the first week of May of 2013. And then the first week of October, I was 480 pounds. Um, so clearly I wow. have some experience with 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 that w the way the body can obviously put on weight quickly if you you go off the rails per se and obviously I did it to a to an extent that most human beings will luckily never do and I'm honestly not sure how I'm alive. Um, yeah, but, but but you completely understand that whole rebound effect. Oh, completely, and that's like that was the thing that was jumping out to me when you're talking about that. Like I think about I think some people don't realize, and so especially like when you're in whether it's the deficit, you know, that, you know, mm -hmm. bodybuilding can put you into when you're, you're getting stage ready or also like, because you've got that double whammy of, of you were a bigger guy before. So all those fat cells are still there in your body, you know, yeah, all those things are still there. Habits are there too. Oh yeah. Like you've got, you've got all that stuff there waiting. And I had all of that waiting and I didn't do anything at all to prepare for what was going to come next. And that's why mm -hmm. I completely screwed up.
And that's why now, like I, I've kind of got, I've hit, you know, the end of the weight loss portion of my journey again recently. Um, and, you know, I've moved into working with my coach on a maintenance phase and, you know, I'm, you know, obviously my Instagram handle gives away the fact that I'm ketogenic, you know, in terms mm. of my approach to food. Uh, and I work with a coach who actually is a ketogenic bodybuilder and the system, like kind of his, the, the method that he's worked through and the system that he, he deeper state keto that he worked through originally, like they, it's based on, you know, kind of like bodybuilding, uh, some bodybuilding philosophies there, but applying them to other, you know, different types of journeys and that idea of reverse dieting and kind of where it's not like I hit a goal weight and now all of a sudden I'm like, woo, you know, the wheels are off and I could just go back to eating, yeah, you know, you whatever, out. whatever the heck I want to. Like, you know, we're, we're taking a very methodical approach to building maintenance for me and like figuring out because that obviously is going to be a fear that, you know, I'll live with for a long time. Like, you know, the weight coming back and, and getting into and, that rebound place. Yeah. And that's ahead, what I, I was going to say that that's a scary part of the journey. I think that a lot of people aren't ready for it. Oh, for sure. And I think people, we have this, we have this natural sense as, as human beings, like when we hit a goal, we just want to move on. And, and we're, we're trained to see dieting and weight loss and conditioning and all of those things as like temporary journeys, instead of seeing it as like building like something lifelong for you. And I think that's one of the things that fascinates me about someone who becomes a bodybuilder like yourself and goes into like that life because you know, as much as you do some, ex you know, you do some kind of amazingly powerful things like through mindset and also, you know, nutrition and, and physical work to get to the stage. Once you step off that stage, it's not like you immediately flip a switch and turn everything off. Like your journey continues and you keep your goals in focus. And I think there's something really powerful there for not like, I guess you put you, you said it already, like every person stepping into a gym for whatever their reason is they're a bodybuilder, you know, we're all doing it in different ways and maybe different approaches, but like, we all have to see our journeys as things that we embrace at, for our lives and not just as something we're going to embrace to race to a finish line and then move on. Exactly. It's never over. And that's one of the mantras that I always try to preach is we're never, ever complacent. It's never done. We hit one goal. Great. Good for you. Congratulations. You worked hard. Now what's the next one? There, there's no reason to just stop. And, and as someone who's a coach and a trainer, like what happens when you have a client who gets to their weight goal? Like, how do you, how do you help them define new goals? Yeah, you just find something else that they want. It's really that simple. And a lot of the times when these people hit their weight goals, they find a different type of motivation and drive that they didn't have when they first started. So now they have completely new goals that they're like, They've been itching to talk about. That makes a lot of sense. And, I, and, I, and yourself being open to those discussions, I think, is something really important and probably, you know, helping them kind of foster those dreams. Oh, absolutely. And, and I tell all of them, like, I'm a prime example. And I do. I use myself as an example often. But if I can do it and I did everything that I did to achieve one of my dreams of competing. Your dream doesn't have to be competing. It doesn't have to be bodybuilding related at all. But if I could do it and lose 115 pounds, why can't you? Why can't you lose the, the 20 pounds for your cousin's wedding in six months? Or why can't you lose 250 pounds to save your own life? 
Like anybody can do it. You just got to have that drive and the why. And have you ever run it? Like, I'm curious, like, have you ever run into someone who's told you their goals and your immediate thought is, there is no way this person is going to be able to do this. Like, how do I help them build goals that are reaching, but are, are within the realm of something they might actually be able to, to do so that they see some success? So they always try to teach you that you want to set realistic goals for your clients. I am not the type of person to ever tell somebody that they can't do something. When John first came to me, he told me he wanted to be a wrestler. If you, any of you listening would have saw what John looked like when those elevator doors opened and he hobbled out, you would have laughed at him. I didn't say, no, John, there's no way you're going to be a wrestler. But I also didn't say, yeah, absolutely. You're going to go to the WWE. We set smaller short-term goals. And that's something that John will talk about too. You got to set those short-term goals. Yeah. Have that huge long-term goal of becoming a WWE wrestler or becoming an IFBB pro bodybuilder or a professional baseball player, whatever it may be, but also have those short goals. And then you just chip and chip and chip and chip. And eventually you're going to get closer and closer and closer. I think that makes a lot of sense because you can't just say your goal is to be a NASCAR driver and not ever think about having a goal of getting a driver's license. Exactly. You know, of of want, you know of wanting to understand how the, you know like it, I think sometimes we get we get so caught up in that setting that finish line that's so far away that could be realistic but if we don't figure out like how we're going to get from point A to point B you're never going to get there like you can't you can't get into a boat and and sail you know from the east coast to Europe without having some sense of direction you know, like you, you'd end up, you'd end up lost and, you know, rescued on TV or something along those lines. Like, <laughs> exactly. You got to know where you're going to start before you know where to finish. I think that's a problem that some people run into when they have that potential of a long-term journey ahead of them. Like when someone, you know, when someone's got 15, 20 pounds to lose quick, like you were saying for a wedding, they might not know how to do it, but obviously they're, they might have a shorter time frame than someone who has 200 pounds to lose, 300 pounds to lose. And they are afraid, you know, even to think that things are possible. So, like, what do you what do you think as a trainer are the things that you do to help someone build their confidence to see that maybe they can hit those big goals eventually, like if they don't believe in themselves? Uh, again, just setting those short goals. A lot of people, most people, mostly all of us, we react positive to positive. So if we set a goal of losing two pounds in two weeks. And in two pounds, we weigh you and you just lost that, that, that weight. Like you're going to be happy about it. You just gained a little more motivation. Like, oh, wow, we set a goal and I did it. All right. What's the next goal? All right. Let's lose three pounds by this date. All right. That day comes, we check it out. Look at that. You lost another three pounds. And then it kind of just steamrolls and grows and grows. And, and what do you do as a trainer of someone? Like, how do you help someone deal with when they, they set a goal for themselves and they don't hit it? Like, especially a short-term goal, like whether it's they want to lose, you know, 10 pounds in a month or something along those lines. Like, whatever they set, they come to the end of that, that time, that set period for their goal and they haven't hit the mark. Like, how do you, how do you go into that dialogue with them? Well, if you and they know that they gave it their all, 
find the silver lining in it. Maybe they wanted to lose 10 pounds and they lost six. It's still great. You still lost six pounds. Maybe they, they wanted to bench press uh, two plates for 10 reps, but they did it for eight. Well, it's still better than when we started. You still put in the work. You still got results. They may not have been exactly what we wanted, but you're still better than when we started. And then again, you just continue on because we're never complacent. I think that makes sense. And since we're kind of in this vein of talking about training and working with clients and things along those lines, uh, one of the things I think that is great, you know, depending on what time of the year people actually end up, maybe someone is discovering this podcast two years from now or whatever, but it's, we're heading into the holiday season. We're recording right before Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Prime uh, time. Oh yeah. And then that leads to, um, you know, we have Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's and you know, one of the things I was talking with someone the other day about who's a coach, you know, what they were talking about, like, this is in a lot of ways for them, a, new, a slow season for signing up new clients, because people are a little more focused on buying, buying gifts for other people and not spending money on themselves. And then also, I know there's, I, I've already been dealing myself like I in Instagram, I get messages from a lot of people that want to lose weight, and you just want some advice or some direction. But I get a lot of people that are starting to say the okay, the next two months are a wash. You know, I know I'm going to fail the next two months. I know I'm going to put on 20 pounds between now and New Year's. So, I'm, you know, why even try now? You know, why even, why even enter into it? Like, do you, is that something, one, I guess, like, how do you approach the holidays with your, from your, from your exact example? Like, how do you, how do you approach planning for the holidays with your clients? I was waiting for you to bring up this exact conversation. Everybody loves to say that, oh, well, you know, it's Thanksgiving and that it's Christmas. Well, it's Christmas Eve and then New Year's and we'll just we'll start after that. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why are you going to put it off for another two months? Set yourself back another two months when you could just start now and and just start now. It's that simple. Wouldn't you rather be going into the new year already down 10 pounds then starting with me after the new year up 10 pounds like that it does that that's one thing that does irk me but like i said well like you said it is definitely a slow season for signing people up because of that but the people that i do have now um they're all pretty good with everything controlling themselves not really going too crazy so it's not anything too big that we have to worry about. Anybody who I work with who's lost like tons of weight, they're uh, they're very strict with themselves, as am I. So there's not too much worries of people slipping off the uh, off the wagon. It, so say, what if you were? So let's throw a hypothetical into this then. So say you had a client who you just started working with in like September, October, and they're getting going, and they come to you and they say. I have no idea how to handle Thanksgiving because I've been really strict with my eating with my workouts and I know my grandmother's going to make, you know, her pumpkin pie and my mom's going to make her stuffing and all of this food's going to be there like how do I handle the next 2 months? Like what is how do you how, what discussion would you have with someone who comes at you with those fears that they're worried about going into that season and not knowing how to put keep those controls in place? Well, you have to enjoy everything. There, I, I never tell somebody unless somebody's like preparing for a competition or something like that where they have to look 
a certain way on stage or make a weight class, anything other than that, enjoy your meals with your family. You never know how long you're going to be around your family. Enjoy that pumpkin pie. Enjoy the stuffing. Don't eat uh, half of a pie, but have a piece of pie. Like you can enjoy it in moderation. Just don't go crazy. Don't go nuts the next three days eating all the leftovers. Like enjoy what you can. Oh, for sure. And I, I think that's there's a meme that's that goes around this time of the year all the time that says, you know, you didn't gain all of your weight because of two meals. Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner aren't the reason why you're overweight. Exactly. You know, it's the uh, it's the other 363 days of the year. There's there's more time. Like, I I think that's and and I'll be honest with you, like last year, I had just started working with my coach on a very strict way of eating in mid-October of last year. And I, I got started with him and I had some people say, wait a minute, you know, Thanksgiving's coming. Like, what are you gonna do with Thanksgiving? And I stayed really strict through the holidays. Um, I was one of those people last year bringing a food scale and spoons with me everywhere. Um, and, and, but this year, you know, I'm, I'm, my mindset's a little bit different, you know, because I'm obviously one, I'm, I'm in a different place, you know, in terms of where my journey is and everything along those lines. But I also know for me, you know, I, I've built into place, I feel more like last year, I don't think I don't, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, going into, you know, the day eating kind of being more intuitive and enjoying the things I wanted to enjoy and knowing that the next day I'd be right back where I need to be. I, I didn't trust myself yet. Like, so you I feel I, like that you, I think you is, have a better relationship with the food this year. Yeah, like I, I think. I'm I'm putting some things into place that are things that I I'm I'm looking forward to eating that aren't going to be so wildly outside of like I'm not really planning to eat anything that I think is off of my plan but I'm I'm planning to bring a couple things with me that'll that'll fit right in with you know the meal that we're having um that will give me some of that same experience but also allow me to know that you know whether I I'm not taking like a half a, a half a cup scoop to the keto cornbread stuffing I'm making and you know, if I have two brownies, I have two brownies like I I because what I, I think the lesson that I've learned is that what matters most in those moments is, yes, it's very important, the choice you make in that moment. But another choice always comes up right after that. Like, I don't I can enjoy that meal. And if I go a little if I because like my my stepmother makes a meat dressing every year that we make fun of, because honestly, <laughs> it looks like dog, it looks like dog food. My dad calls it Alpo. It looks like canned dog food. I bet it's it delicious. Oh, it tastes phenomenal. Like it tastes phenomenal. It's full of all these things that I don't normally eat. It's got mm -hmm. it's got bread bread stuffing added to it and potatoes and all this other stuff that I don't normally eat. I know this year I'm probably going to have a little bit of that, but I'm not afraid of it, and I don't feel like I'm going to need to take home a six quart bowl of it, you know, to eat alone at home when I get home yeah. that night. Like I, I know that there is a difference between in that moment and what comes next. And I, I think getting to that place isn't something that everyone can do right away, obviously. So, you know, for some people it might take putting different breaks in place and different regulations for themselves. But I think it's, it's ideal for us all to like, I I've got a friend that talks a lot about his, one of his goals with his weight loss journey, isn't just about hitting specific numbers and, hitting certain, you know, he's big into lifting and wants to hit big PRs in the gym. But he also wants to feel like he's never allowing this process he's going through to take him out of the moment of the people he's spending time with and not become so obsessed with 
did I eat two inches of, of cheese cubes or one inch of cheese cubes? And how many crackers did I have? And how much of this did I do? Like, stay in that moment, recover if you need to recover, or be happy with the choices that you made. Like, realize that beating yourself up almost sets you back further than the bad choices you might make food-wise. Those, that one day, that one meal. Like, I, I think we, gotta, we have to pull the microscope back sometimes. Like, sometimes it's good to get really focused. You, you like you know like if you had a if you were getting on stage the day after Thanksgiving I'm sure your Thanksgiving meal would be very different than it would be if you're in the off season. Oh yeah, and and I've we've I've done it before. We've I've prepped through holidays and eaten at a Tupperware at Easter dinner and Mother's Day dinner and it's just, that's part of it. But if you're surrounded by good people, they understand that and they respect. It. And it really just is about you know, and I'm sure you you'll agree with this like. Define for yourself what your goals still are through this season and don't lose sight of them because the holidays are here. Like don't don't let the holidays become your excuse. And exactly. that's what I think that's what I think a lot of people do. I think they think, you know, that whole idea that, oh, it's gonna be inevitable. There's nothing inevitable over the next two months. The only thing that's inevitable is that hopefully you'll still be breathing. Like you can make a lot of different choices as you go through this season, you know, that you wanna you wanna move yourself, like you said, do you wanna come out of the holiday season at the same weight or 10 pounds down or do you want to come out of the holiday season 20 pounds up and begging your trainer to help you figure out what went wrong you know what went wrong but you, you know yeah, I mean, you put it off you made an excuse exactly you know you put it you made an excuse you know we you know especially as someone who works in a gym i'm sure you know you know what you're going to see on january 1st versus what you're oh, going to see yeah. on february 1st and what you're going to see on march 1st like there's a lot of like changes, you know, and I think it's, you know, obviously I think we get, you know, especially when we're ensconced in this fitness sphere, like we, it can get frustrating when you see people complaining about, you know, the resolutioners and all. And yes, it can get frustrating when the crowd at the gym triples for those couple of weeks and all of those things. But there's going to be the workers that are there whose goals are real and they set January 1st as a, as a realistic thing for themselves. And so... Yeah, it's 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 almost like a fascinating time in, in the fitness world as well to see kind of like not just the excuses people are coming up with, but the people that finally find the fire to make some change and actually do some real stuff. I think it, it can be fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's great to see the people who come in there and they really last. And, you know, that's like that. And that's their moment. Like they take advantage of that New Year's resolution and they run with it and stick with it. You get the hundreds and hundreds who come in for the first two weeks and then never come back. but you definitely get a bunch that take advantage of it and keep going. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, is there any other kind of advice in that vein that you'd want to give to people that are listening? Like someone, so say there's someone out there who's never stepped foot in a gym before. Like, you know, what do, what do you think are the things they, you know, what do you, what is some of your advice for them in terms of a, their best way to figure out how to get started? I think that the first thing you need to think is there's nothing to it, but just do it. Just go in there and do it. If you keep thinking about it and putting it off, it's never going to happen. And most gyms nowadays, they have, uh, they usually offer like a free complimentary training session with your membership. Take advantage of it. It's free. Maybe a half hour, but if you've never been in a gym before, take advantage of that half hour with the trainer. Learn. Maybe you end up hitting it off with them and then you start working with them. Like that's if you've never been in the gym, take advantage of a trainer. That I think that's great advice, and I think you'd also agree that if you don't hit it off with that person, 
it's okay to look for someone else, but don't stop looking. Oh, absolutely. And if somebody ever doesn't like me at a complimentary training session, that's fine. Like you can try out one of our other trainers. That's the most important thing. Like I said earlier, you have to be able to get along with the person you're working with. Even me as, as a trainer, if I get somebody who I don't feel like we're going to work well together, I'll pass them off to somebody that I know they will work well with. And that that's, I think that's honest. What do you think are the, what are the, what are the best people that you click the best with? Do you think when you're, when you're building a relationship with a client, like, who are the people that, you know, tend to either be drawn to your style or you tend to be drawn to? Um, I think definitely more of the overweight crowd once they hear my story. A lot of people who just see me and see me, you know what I mean? Just kind of get that visual, uh, that visual like interpretation of me. They probably think that I'm not the nicest person, like, because I got all my tattoos and I'm big and. I may not smile a lot, but usually then they'll keep walking through the gym, see my before and after, and then they meet me and it's like, wow, like we didn't expect that. But it's definitely more of a, of like the overweight crowd. And honestly, like I, I love it because I know where they've been. I know where they can go and they know where I've been. Like the amount of times where I've had clients tell me like, listen, we work with you. Yes, because we like you. But you've been in our shoes. There's not many people who are trainers who have turned their body around to the level that I have who have come from where I've come from. That, that's true, man. And, and, and it's funny because I think about like, I obviously first heard about you through John and had no idea kind of like what your real story was, like what your journey had been. And I think the first couple of posts that I saw like kind of coming onto your account weren't really related to the journey you had been on, you know, so they were pictures, you know, gym pictures or, you know, physique pictures, things along those lines. And then I think when I saw one of your first, like before and after, and I was like, Oh, hold on, wait a minute, hold on. What's going on? You know, <laughs> he's, you know, this, this guy's got a little bit, and, and it's not, and, and I think it's like, it's, it's, it's wild that you're right. That like we, as much as I think people, you know, judge someone, you know, they judge someone who, who's overweight, like, I think there's also these assumptions we make about someone who's really fit, like not knowing where they've been or what their journey is. Like I, and it's one of the, honestly, one of the weird things that's happened for me lately. Um, I actually had an interaction with one of the guys at the desk at the gym a couple of weeks ago. He's new to the gym. And so like, he's, I've, we've said hi and things along those lines, but he's never been the person to check me in in the morning. And so, you know, he's seen me kind of be around this weight that I'm, you know, a little over 200 pounds. And so I went in one morning, I, it was not, it was like probably two weeks ago and he checks me in and I go work out and I see that he's kind of watching me work out like my whole workout. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and so honestly, you know, you know, what my first thought was, he wants me to, he wants me to sign up with him, you know, as a, you know, he wants me to pay him for training. Like, I know yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the sell from him. <laughs> I thought, I really thought that's what was going on. Cause obviously that happens. That's happened. Yeah. That happens um, all the time. But so we're, I'm getting ready to leave and he actually waves me over the desk and I'm like, okay, here we go. Now I have to get ready to say, now nah, I'm good. Now nah, I'm all set. I have a plan for my coach. I'm good. And he goes, I got to ask you a question. What did you do? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, I've seen you working out in here regularly for the past couple of weeks. He goes, I had no idea you were as big as you were before. 
And now I'm immediately like, how did you know? And he's like, look at this picture of you that's in the computer. And I realized that's say your the, swiping picture. Oh, yeah. My swipe that's picture awesome. is from like, you know, three years ago. So, you know, I was like five, pushing 500 pounds in that picture. And that's I was like, awesome. oh, I'm like, OK, yeah. He's like, how much weight have you lost? So we got into this like we, I probably stayed for another half hour just talking to him, you know, having this really great discussion. You know, and then it was funny because I said, you know, I did keto. I've been keto for two, you know, two and a half years. And he's like, I didn't think anyone could stick with that. So, like, we picked my brain about that for a while. We talked, you know, a lot about a lot of different really cool things. It was a great discussion. But it was funny because I'm getting ready to leave. And he's like, do you want to take another picture? He's like, do you have a different <laughs> picture here on the computer? He's like, he goes, to be honest, he goes, because honestly, when I had to ask, and there's a woman that works at the same time, I'm, I'm at the gym at like 4.30 in the morning, so it's like two people are the same two people are there. He goes, I had to go ask her if that actually was you or if you had taken someone's card to use their card. He goes, because I didn't think that was you. And I'm like, yeah, let's just take another picture so that, you know, the system <laughs> is updated. Oh, God, it's funny. It's, but it's so like, long story short, like it's that idea that there are people now I realize that meet me. And have no idea where I've been or what I've done. And I can't wear a t-shirt every day with my before picture on it. You know, that's like, ask me what I did. Um, yeah, as much as we would all love to. Yeah, that would be kind of fun, I think, <laughs> at times. But, you know, or, you know, have a card to hand out. But, you know, how do you, like, so I think that's, that's kind of key. Like, something you're talking about, like, when people have to kind of see your story. So, like, how do you get that out to people? Like, what is, what are the platforms you're using? And because I know, like, you you messaged me earlier today. Like, you've got... Yeah, you've got something pretty exciting coming out that by the time this podcast goes up, that'll that'll be out there for people. Yeah. So, uh, again, thanks to my family, Anthony Tuminello and my trainer. He landed the cover of uh, last what was it? October's Muscle Sport magazine. So uh, in November, he was actually able to write a full page article on my transformation in Muscle Sport magazine. So that'll oh, be wow. uh, that'll be out. That's out right now, actually. So. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll have announced that. And yeah, I'm just blessed to be able to say that, let alone my picture, but my story is in a magazine. And what was it like to like even have that put together and then be able to see your story in print like that? It's crazy. It, it, like, it really is just to because I, I never forget where I started and to now see where I am and be in a in a magazine like it's mind-blowing even to me uh, i'm sure it is man like i i think and i think something like that like is such is a piece that can have such an impact on someone you know flip is that person who's flipping through that magazine for inspiration you know and is able to kind of key in like i think about all the times when i was heavier and i would pick up like men's health or men's fitness and i would flip through to the page where they do like the before and after story of the guy that lost weight just to see, and I was always honestly looking to see, is there anyone that started out the same size I did? And if they did, exactly. I would always kind of save, save those pages as inspiration. Like, because sometimes, you know, which you, you flip through and they're like, John used to drink beer, you know, and play golf a couple times a week and lost 15 pounds, you know, over the past year. Like, okay, great. And I know his journey is important to him and, and it is like, it, it's significant. But to me, like seeing someone come from that place of being like, like you lived, you know, a significant portion of your life as a fat guy. Like you, you were over 300 pounds. Like there's something about crossing that mark. I think that kind of changes your experience in the world. Like 
So I think it's awesome that you're you're willing to kind of put yourself out there that way. And you sit, you share a lot of your journey now and your thoughts on it well on your Instagram page. Like I think that's that can be a powerful tool for people. Something I know I've learned for myself, but I, I'm glad to see that's something that you're taking advantage of. Oh yeah. I and I know John will be the first to tell you and he yells at me about it all the time that I have to get better with what I post content wise and all that goes into that to help build my following more, but my goal is to just be able to reach as many people as I possibly can and just help motivate and inspire them. Because like you said, you would flip through those magazines, look through the before and afters, find somebody that looked like you. I would do the same thing. There's thousands of other people out there, my age, your age, young kids who are looking for that motivation, that, that feeling of, all right, like they did it. Why can't I? So I feel like, if my story is as dramatic as it seems from being so overweight and obese to such a dramatic change, like that just shows that if I can do that, you can do anything further or in between, like any goal is achievable. I'll be the first to say like, you know, as, as much as I'm sure John has learned from you as a trainer, you know, he is, you're lucky if he, you know, you've got him as an Instagram coach. Like he knows. Oh, I am blessed. He, he know he knows about content. He knows he he knows what he's doing when it comes to you know kind of putting those punches out there for people and picking his words wisely. Like John does some really great stuff. Um, I'm actually recording with him again this weekend too, but that episode will probably be out before this one, so I don't want people to get confused as to what's going on time wise. Like because I'm already starting. I, I'm starting to get a headache trying to figure that out myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, John, John's yeah, an evil but, genius with all that stuff. And I'm sure he'll love hearing how many times uh, we said his name. Oh, I know. Like, I'm literally like, I've got a pen and I'm hash marking every time I say his name so that I can see how much he owes me in the end. Um, Good. Send me that. But, so I can text it to him yeah. after so I don't get yelled at. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, he's waiting. He, he knows we're recording tonight and you know oh, yeah. he's waiting to hear from He's waiting to hear from both of us. Like, did I come yeah. up? What He's going to give an hour and a half before he asks if I said yeah. his full name. Oh, I'm, and I'm sure I'm going to get a message like, do you want a picture of me to help promote the episode? <laughs> I can send you, I'll send you something. He's and I'm already, sure he would, too. He's already making it right now. Oh, you know he is. You know, he's got a collage. He's like, I've put together the sample collage of pictures of me and Steve over the years. Um, just in case you wanted to use it. But no, we're just we're teasing because we love him, of course. We're just kidding, uh, John. So, we love you. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, Steve, like, I wanna, I don't want to take up your whole night. I, I, I want to kind of come back to thinking about this journey that you've been on. You know, you've made mm -hmm. this radical transformation in your life, and you now help other people make radical transformations in theirs. Like, what do you think are the biggest lessons that you've learned on this journey you've been on? If you had to kind of summarize those for people, um, I would say that never be complacent and give up on a goal no matter how far-fetched it may be so yeah just really uh always never complacent and just stick with your goals no matter what they may be nothing's ever too big to to dream up and achieve and go after so you know just start don't put it off and go after what you want because you're the only one who's going to give it to yourself I, I think that makes a lot of sense that's something i think is helpful to anyone, whatever stage they're at in their journey. Like, I think that's really important. 
Steve, is there anything that we haven't talked about tonight that you really feel like you want the listeners of this show to hear or to know? Um, I think really what I just want everybody to take away from my journey, because like I said, I've, I've lost quite a bit of family since I started this journey from uh, my grandmothers on both sides, my grandfather, my aunt, and uh, last my uh, older brother two years ago. But uh, those horrible experiences definitely made me a lot stronger and who I am. And they also taught me that life is short and that, you know, you just got to live life to the fullest. If you want to try to be a movie star, go try to be a movie star. Who's anyone else to tell you that you can't do it or you shouldn't try? For all you know, like the world could end tomorrow. Who knows? You may not see like that this person again. So you know, share your memories, make new memories, and just live life today. For sure, man. And obviously, like, I think anyone who hears that knows that, you know, we're, I, I, I think that's an incredible lesson. And I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that to learn, you know, to kind of come out of it with that. But I think having that now to share with other people is really a powerful tool and, and really is something that I think people should should think about. Like, it's not just about the fact that we could all die any day. But are we get, do we want every day that we live to be how we're, it's remembered as our last day? Like, what are you doing every day to make sure that, you know, every day could be a great last day for yourself? Like, exactly. Make it worth it. Don't make it worth it. Don't put don't put things off because you hope you're going to have tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. definitely make things happen. That's awesome. Absolutely. So one of the things we do. Before we talk about how people can find you and everything, I end every episode with something I call the Fat Guy Five. It's five okay. questions I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw at you, um, and we're just going to get your quick answers. No need to, to feel like you're being quizzed or anything on those lines. The first, <laughs> thing that pops, the first thing that pops into your mind will be fine, okay? All right. You ready for that? Here we go. Okay, so because this is the Fat Guy Forum, you know, and, and you know, that's, that's one of our predominant themes is fat guys, who would you say living or dead is your favorite fat guy? Oh, do they have to still be fat? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, I got to say John Arpino. Oh, man. I knew that was coming. I you knew, knew I it was coming. It. You knew I had to I do knew. it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and his, his, his head may not be as big as it was in his face-to-face Friday picture today, but his ego is probably that size again, <laughs> right? Once he, once, once he listens to this. tripled. Oh, it totally did, man. Um, but I accept, I accept it. I will take that. I will. I will take that. So, diving back into the days when you were, you know, three hundred and fourteen pounds at your biggest, what was your quintessential fat guy meal? Oh, I would say a bowl of cereal, probably like some fruity pebbles. Uh, there we go. See, that's that was my go-to cereal. So I was going to ask what you what yours was. So I, oh, I yeah. appreciate. Oh hearing. yeah. I appreciate hearing Fruity Pebbles. I, I think it's an underrated cereal at the end of the day. Oh, 100%. Um, did you ever make like marshmallow treats with it? Oh, I've had those plenty of times. Oh, like it's, it's like this whole level. It's this whole next level that I don't think I could ever be around again in, in a room because dangerous no, things would happen. I smell them right now thinking about it. Oh, uh, I no doubt about that at all. No doubt about that at all. So... Thinking about, you know, we're going to have some guys listening to this podcast that 
haven't gotten their journeys going or anything yet. And you've, you've given out some great pieces of advice tonight, but what is your one big tip to a fat guy that's out there that wants to make change in their life? Find your why. Find a reason that you really want to do it, something that's going to make you stick with it, and then get started. There you go, plain and simple. That's all you need. And what, because this is question number four, what podcast, book, individual, Instagram account, YouTube channel, what resource would you suggest to people that are looking for motivation? Well, for me, I always look at, uh, it's a page called Machiavelli Motivation. It's more bodybuilding style type things, but that's always something that'll uh, get me fired up and going. Oh, yeah. Whether you're a bodybuilder or not, they put out they put out some fire videos that oh, like, yeah, awesome can, stuff. can get. I've got a couple of like the audio tracks of a couple of them on on my on my phone that I, I listen to when I'm at the gym. Sometimes like there's some really they got some really great stuff. Oh, That's yeah, awesome. I'll make a grandma run through a wall. Nice. <laughs> okay. So here we go, Steve. Last question of the night. Number five in the Fat Guy Five. What is one goal you have that's not related to your personal health or fitness for the next year? Uh, I think I definitely want to grow my following to, uh, to be able to reach a much bigger audience. Perfect for right now. Because, Steve, if people want to follow you after this discussion, this great discussion we've had tonight, how do they find you, man? You can find me at Arnone65 on Instagram. That's at A-R-N-O-N-E-6-5 on Instagram. And is there anywhere where else they should check you out? Or if there's anyone local to you, you know, do you want to plug your gym at all? Or Oh, absolutely. I want to give you, I, I I give you a chance to talk about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Check out uh, the, uh, ProFit in Deer Park. Check out Official Method Training, AT Method Training. You'll be able to find all these pages through mine, but absolutely every one of them is worth checking out. If anybody listening is ever in the Long Island area, highly, highly recommend checking out our gym, ProFit in Deer Park. It's, uh, it's an incredible gym, 24 hours, never, ever closes, even on holidays. And uh, we definitely have the best owner of any gym out here. So you'll get taken care of very well. That's awesome. Man. And I hope everyone listening will go check your page out. I, I think I know that John has inspired a lot of people that listen to this show. And I know, you know, a lot of that and a lot of what he's learned has come through working with you. So I really think that, you know, people can I hope they'll reach out and, and you know, let you know what they think about our discussion tonight, but also you know, let you know if there's any way that, you know, you might be able to help them. I think that would be Oh, great. yeah, definitely. I would love that. Please, anybody, any questions, if you want to know anything, whatever it may be, just message me and I will definitely answer and try to help you out as best I can. Awesome, man. Well, I know for, for one, I can tell you that I'm excited to watch your journey continue. And I know I'm going to see you, you know, step onto that stage as a pro someday. So I just want to say, you know, Thank you so much for joining the, the Fat Guy Forum tonight. But also, you know, uh, congratulations on the work that you've done, man. And I'm just excited to see what comes for you next. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything. And thank you for having me on here. My, uh, my very first podcast. And I'm happy it was with you. There you go, man. That's awesome. And I'm sure we'll, we'll see more to come. And by, we'll, we'll all be following your account to see what happens. So definitely, definitely. That, brings us to the, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. 
You can also find me on Instagram if you haven't yet. And if you haven't, what the heck are you doing with your life? Um, you can find me at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on Instagram, at Gourmet goes keto on Twitter. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And as always, I'm going to ask you, if you're listening to us uh, on an Apple device or on iTunes, drop the show a rating. Give us a review just so I can see what you think about what we're doing. And hey, drop me a DM if you think you've got a story that you want to share with the listeners here on the podcast. Thanks, y'all. And we'll be back real soon with another episode. Mm-hmm.